Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Good and Pastor Brett Bowen and myself continue our discussion on Article 9 of the Augsburg Confession concerning baptism. We look at an Old Testament passage in Ezekiel. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bow, and I'm joined by my friends. Pastor Jason Goodham. And Pastor Brian Rickey. All right. Even more baptism. Even more baptism. Right. And, and this this is the episode where right, right before we recorded, Brian and I like body slammed Jason to get him to agree with what we wanted to do. Yeah. You guys outnumbered yeah. me. You uh, right. hijacked me. Uh, but it's, no, it's. What do you do? We've covered, we did 16 episodes of baptism uh, <laughs> when we we're covering the catechism, and there's only so many Old Testament passages you can cover. Right. Yeah. It just so happens that the material we covered in the Augsburg Confession matches up with mm-hmm. a Bible passage that we've right. already studied. Right, and, and if you go back to episode 112, I think it was, mm-hmm. that's we actually talked about the passage we're going to be talking about in this episode, which is from Ezekiel 36. Listen, yes. listen to them in tandem and see if we contradict ourselves here. Wouldn't that be funny <laughs> if we like oh said my the goodness. same? <laughs> Probably, I, we should have listened to that before. Well, maybe not. No, I, we, it would be harder that way. But I think we're narrowing our focus here because there's a couple specific images that Ezekiel 36 is going to paint for us that really relate to the truths of the Augsburg Confession. Mm-hmm. Especially with the limited time that we're, I guess, allowing for, for this section of the Augsburg Confession. It's just such a poignant and powerful picture yep. in the Old Testament of baptism and salvation. Right. And, and that's why you were so adamant, Brian, to yeah, I was talk about pushing. it. Good. Well, I'll read the text for us and we'll begin our discussion reading from Ezekiel 36 verses 25 through 27. And I read in Jesus' name, this is the, the scripture, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all your unclean, uncleannesses. Un, yeah, uncleannesses. Why is that sounding goofy to me right now? Yeah, it should be uncleanness. I uncleanness. Think. But uncleannesses. uncleannesses. Interesting. I, I wish I knew Hebrew better so I could Yeah, get right. This is, I'm, I'm reading from the ESV, by the way. Let me start over again. Uh, I, will sp- <laughs> I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleannesses. And from all your idols, I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. Here ends the reading of God's word. Amen. Amen. So yeah, it's, uh, I think mm-hmm. uncleannesses yeah, right. is Un- appropriate because... Uncleannesses is... is, is, is. is, is, is yeah. It is in the plural. I'm, I'm, I just right. looked up the, the Hebrew aspect of that verse. What's the and word? It's, it's plural. Um, I'm curious, Brian. <laughs> it's like, forbid it from forbid us from doing show prep ever. Oh, boy, so we got to do it live on the <laughs> air. No, I know. I'm, Shh, don't my, tell people my, that. My, trans, yeah. my transliteration is not always going to be like really good here, but... Basically, here I'm going to let you. All right, so try to, oh, this is really in, in compelling uh, because it has the transliteration. Is, that, is it the thing you're highlighting here on your computer? Yeah, where it says uncleanness and it's plural, it's second uh, person plural. So it's utartum. Yeah, and I don't know what that means. It doesn't yeah. provide me with any special insight. <laughs> well, here so. I can read that because I did pull, actually pull up that definition. So uh, it basically means. Uh, to declare ceremonially unclean, an hmm. emptiness hmm. or a lack emptiness. of brightness. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I wonder how it's related to 
the uncleanness concept is related to the Isaiah 64 verse 6 that all your mm, righteous deeds will be yeah. like filthy rags. There you go. This is probably it, more of a ceremonial it's directly connected to 2 Kings chapter 5 hmm. and Naaman. Oh, oh perfect. Sure. Yeah, Good. I like it. All Good. right. So anyway, uh, no matter how deep we go on uncleannesses, I, w- what's interesting is that you get this sense of the multiplicity of sin. Yeah. So you've got uncleannesses yep. instead of a, a, an abstract concept like uncleanness. Mm-hmm. And then it immediately idols. Idols. Yeah. Yep. And, and we would remember from our discussion on the Ten Commandments that the least significant of all of the commandments, commandments 9 and 10, the, the coveting is equated in Romans with idolatry. idolatry. So mm. every single sin we commit is the sin of idolatry. Mm-hmm. So, so what makes this so interesting to pile interest upon interest upon interest from our perspective is how this moves away from the Roman Catholic understanding of baptism and moves to a more comprehensive Lutheran understanding of baptism. So the rote Roman Catholic understanding of baptism is that baptism Baptism takes care of original sin, hmm. and and then everything else is left up to you. Uh, and then concu- concupiscence, really. Concupiscence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, for Lutherans, baptism, as with any absolution, covers all of our sins because it's we we are taking Christ at His word that it Yay. is finished. Yes. So it's <laughs> you know you look at all the different ways this plays out. It's a pretty explicit statement mm-hmm. of what God does yep. when He washes. Right. And I think it's so profound that as as God is speaking through the prophet, those first person personal pronouns. Yeah. I, I will sprinkle clean water on you. Uh, I will cleanse you. I will give you a new heart. I will put my spirit within you. I will remove your heart of stone. I will give you a new heart. I will put my spirit. All of those are totally entirely the work of God has nothing to do with us or our piety. As we've been talking about in previous episodes, it has everything to do with what God has done through our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I think we I think we might be running into a case here of divine monergism. Ooh, yes. you know, if- we actually talked about that in our episode we did on this and what yeah (laughs) really yes we did and you know (laughs) and what's beautiful is it leads right into vocation at the end of verse 27 it's just this seamless transition right into vocation so we covered baptism is effective it washes away our sins because the application of the gospel promises baptism baptism is the work of god the next one we have to realize here and it's a little bit more veiled uh, in verse 26, baptism is a resurrection. Yes. Hmm. Amen. That's what it is. It says, I will yeah. give you a new, new heart, heart and a new, new spirit. spirit. And uh, this is where the church frequently gets the gospel wrong is, again, in many of the Baptistic mm-hmm. denominations, that, that sense that assurance flows from personal piety yeah. is that the gospel is often preached as a second chance to get things right. Mm. Mm-hmm. It, it, that our righteousness still comes from our behavior. Mm-hmm. And what the gospel ends up being is God canceling our bad behavior. Yep. And so sure. it's only a half a gospel. Well, in mm-hmm. the resurrection mm-hmm. aspect would be Romans 6, 4. I've been buried, therefore, with, oh. Christ, with yep. Christ by baptism. Yep. Right. And then, again, that raised to right. new life, new heart, new creation, all synonyms for really the right. same reality. And, you know, this, this makes me think of, and I feel like I've already said this. Maybe I even said this in the same episode but that that scene from the excellent novel, The Hammer of God, yeah. where he's talking about 
what am I going to do with this heart you're giving yes, me? Yeah, yeah, the the idea that no, he, your heart is like an old uh, rusty tin can that the Lord scoops out of of you and gives you a new heart. Well, what's interesting, what this passage immediately reminded me of is in was it the voyage of the Dawn Treader hmm. uh, when. Aslan turns Eustace. Eustace from a dragon back into yeah, a child. I love mm. that scene. And yep. and it the the interesting thing that kind of makes you raise your eyebrows is the pain mm-hmm. that C.S. Lewis describes him going with, mm. which we would equate more with sanctification than with baptism. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah, all of this is going on. We have to realize again, taking God at His word, that the gospel isn't there to produce better more pious versions of our sinful selves Mm. that in baptism that it's your first resurrection. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, in revelation, it talks about the two deaths, the first death and the second death and the first resurrection, the second resurrection. So they're, they're mere images of each other. So Mm -hmm. the first death is a physical death and the second death, the eternal death is a spiritual death. It's inverted in resurrection. The first resurrection is a spiritual resurrection and the last resurrection is a physical resurrection. And so the, the seal of your eternity is applied to you in baptism because you've been already been raised from the dead. If anyone is in Christ, and that's the clothing language mm-hmm. from Galatians 3.27, that's yep. how you're in Christ. Yep. It's not an abstract concept. Nope. It's not an intent. It's not a commitment. You are literally, you are physically, you are tangibly in Christ because God has robed you in Christ's righteousness. Mm-hmm. And, Amen. And, you know, this is what the resurrection is. You are raised a christ Right, mm-hmm. you are raised Christian, uh, and well, it's uh, one of my favorite Lutheran uh, teachers. He's <laughs> one of my favorite Lutheran philosophers because there are not many of them. Is a LCMS pastor who teaches at Concordia Mequon in oh, by Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, Doctor Gregory Scholz, hmm. and mm-hmm. uh, Doctor Scholz refuses to pronounce it Christian. Hmm. He consistently, every single time, pronounces it Christian. Yeah, and. Uh, and it's, I think it's amazing because you are raised as if you were Christ. You're in Christ. And, and yep. this isn't the, the new apostolic reformation or the new heresy that we're all little Christs, that we have the same anointing Jesus did. No, it's a matter of imputation, that when you are raised to new life in the waters of baptism by the promise of God's word, when God looks at you, he sees Jesus instead. Amen. That's yep. what we're talking about. Yep. He sees Jesus' righteousness, which is why this whole piety concept in the American church is so wrong mm. because it's not you with a clean start. Yeah. It's an entirely new creation. Yep. Just last week with my confirmation students, I did that with you know the Galatians passage in yep. chapter three. I have this king-sized, just like brilliantly nice. white sheet. And I have someone stand up and I always ask for a volunteer that doesn't care about their hair. And I just wrap them up and, and you just you can't see any part of them. And then I described that that's how the Father sees us, as we are clothed in Christ's righteousness, yeah. as we have put on Christ. And it's not even that we put it on, God put it on for us. Yeah. You know, in that picture of the prodigal son returning, he robed him and put a ring on him. Mm-hmm. And then we become adopted children of God. It's such a wonderful reality. And it's so fun to see the light bulbs go off on these kids saying, oh, wow. So what places me in a right standing with God keeps me in a right standing with God. And I said, yeah, 
Amen. Well, it's the, the theme of clothing, if you trace it through mm-hmm. Scripture, is fascinating if you connect it to baptism. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So you, the, the very first important clothing you get is at the end of Genesis 3, right. mm-hmm. yeah. where God, instead of the fig right. leaves that are going to fade and fall away, God clothes them with a better clothing, with the mm-hmm. animal skins for their own good. Uh, you have the election by grace of Joseph mm-hmm. by his father with the coat of many colors. Yep. Uh, you have the special priestly garments yep. mm-hmm. that the Levites wear as they represent God before the people and then several places in the New Testament. Well, first of all, Israel is called the nation of kings and priests, but mm-hmm. then we are called the priesthood of all believers is a real thing. Yes, uh, You have the you know, the whole thing Naaman goes through in the new clothing of his babies like skin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you have Isaiah 64, 6, which we just brought up. All our righteous deeds are as filthy rags mm-hmm. and like a leaf, leaf they wither and fade away. Yep, yep. And in the New Testament, you've got the prodigal son who mm-hmm. is adopted and giving new clothing. Yep. You've got the parable of the wedding guests yes. who are provided yep. the proper wedding garments, garments to be yep. at the feast. And then in Revelation, the outcome of the Christian life is the white robes that we receive in heaven, yes, but amen. that's a picture of our baptism. Mm, yes. and, and I skipped over one, Ephesians 6. Mm-hmm. The armor of God is about baptism, mm-hmm. that you put on the armor of God. Every single element of the armor of God points us to Christ. And every aspect is given by God yep. through his grace. Yeah, it's not, there's no place right here. There's no place in this doctrine for personal piety. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it flows from it. And before we get to the piety, the last image of baptism in here is the gift of the Spirit. Yeah. Well, and even verse 27 echoes that. I will yeah. put my Spirit within you and cause you. Yep. Mm-hmm. God will cause you to walk in my statutes. Yeah, right. Yeah. So even any, even our weak obedience to God's commands it's a fruit of God's spirit working in us. Well, it ties in with John 15. I know I bring that up a lot, but to Jesus is divine. We're the branches. Yep. You know, apart from me, you can do nothing. It's really that same reality, that same yep. picture. Yep. Well, and it's that thing Christ talked about in the Gospels, that more often than not, the faithful believer is not even aware of their own piety. Hmm. This is the other problem with personal piety from the American Christian perspectives, we're obsessed with it. Sure. We're always measuring it. We're always meditating on it. We're always comparing our piety with other people, uh, and it's never good enough. What Christ says, uh, whatever you did for the least of these, you did for me. It's not necessarily a matter of social justice, although certainly our good works show up in real time in the real world by helping those who are less fortunate and exploited and oppressed and attacked and everything like that. The point is that the faithful Christians were doing that. Mm-hmm. They, it just flowed out of them, not mm-hmm. necessarily spontaneously. We don't want to go down that Gerhard Ferdy road yeah. of not needing the law at all, but it's just what we do in our vocations. Mm-hmm. This is what it's talking about, right? It's that I will cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. Mm-hmm. That's what happens when you love your spouse. That would happen when you love your children. That's what happens when you love your parents. Wait a minute. Are you, are you talking about vocation? vocation. Absolutely. And it it shows up after the assurance of salvation. Mm -hmm. You've got... After the washing. You've got the washing. You've got the new heart. You've got the spirit. You're utterly and wholly confident in your salvation because of the I, 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 I from God. Amen. 
And then there is nothing left for you to do but to go out and love your neighbor. Mm. And in loving your neighbor, God is the one that causes those things to be good. Mm-hmm. You know, so even when it's imperfect, yeah, right. God causes it to be good. Even when we're not intentionally trying to do it, God causes it to be good. I've gotten to the point now, and, and I hate using myself an example like this, but it's, it's really true. I rarely ever even think about holding the door open for someone anymore. It's just, if someone's behind me, you hold it open. And, you know, I try not to, and of course now it's going to be in my head, so it's going to be, but he's like, oh, what a good boy am I that I'm holding. It's just, <laughs> it's a natural outcome, right? Mm-hmm. And, and there's all sorts of things that we all do in our specific vocations we don't even think about. You know why? Because it's God who works in us to will and to work. Yep. You know, was that Colossians? Colossians three. Colossians three twenty three. Col- God who works in us yeah. both to will, will to and work, Philippians to will and to work for His good pleasure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's what Ezekiel thirty six is talking about. Mm. That's that's where it's going. Is that our sanctification isn't up to our piety? Uh, our sanctification is God working in and through our piety. And again, again and again and again, mm-hmm. we're not ragging on piety. We, we as three Lutheran <laughs> pastors from the Twin Cities, right. want you to be pious. Right. God mm. wants you to be pious. God <laughs> wants you to obey the law. Yep. What we're ragging on is a misordered piety that is going to jeopardize your assurance of salvation. You know, and, mm-hmm. and a good example of that is found in, in Exodus as the people cross the Red Sea. You know, that, that's another beautiful mm-hmm. picture of baptism. And, and I love what it says in uh, Ezekiel, or, uh, sorry, Exodus chapter 14, verse 13 and 14. And Moses said to the people, fear not, stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, will you never see again. The Lord will fight for you. All you have is to own be silent. Yeah, and then it comes out in De- Deuteronomy after that, and I can't remember where it is exactly, but Moses reminds the people, it was not because you were such a great people or no. many in number that it's God chose you. stiff-necked people. You were, well, you were smallest of the tribes of the mm-hmm. earth, and then mm-hmm. we, we find out in Romans 10, all day long I've held up my hands to a stiff-necked and obstinate people. Yep. Uh, you want a picture of the church on Sunday morning, that's mm-hmm. exactly what it looks like. God, all day long, holding his hands out with grace and mercy yeah. to a stiff-necked yep. and obstinate people. Yeah. Every one of us on Sunday morning enters the sanctuary as a sinner. Amen. But we are redeemed and forgiven sinners because we've been washed in the blood of Christ, because we've been drowned in the waters of baptism, Mm -hmm. and because we've received the body and blood of Christ for the forgiveness of our Mm -hmm. sins. And all the while, God has been placing his word Mm -hmm. into our ears for salvation. Yep. 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 And thank God for the Holy Spirit, who's that guarantee. That's right. The water and spirit promise. testify. Oh man, yeah, mm-hmm. these three: the water, the, yep. the water, or, the, yeah. the, the blood, and the what? The water, the blood, and the spirit mm-hmm. testify. Is that First John? First John, yeah. Mm-hmm. First John five, I think. Yeah, it's it's just amazing when you start to see the Bible as one unit. How consistent these images, how constant the message how unified uh, the Spirit is in delivering this to us. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, like we said last episode, we talked, it's not a, a set of information that we have to master right, right. and agree with. 
It's a, it's a simple message uh, that rather than it being overly complex, it's just repeating the same themes over and over mm-hmm. and over so that we might see them and, and you know, finally have these moments. Oh, you know, mm. oh yeah, I get it now. That, you know, <laughs> that's what scripture's about. It's like, oh, this is pointing to Jesus. Yeah. I don't have to conquer the giants in my life because Jesus has conquered the giant in my place. Amen. Mm. Amen. You Thanks, got a verse, yeah. Brian? Thanks yeah, be to good. God. Yeah, yes, I do. Good. Um, Isaiah chapter one, verse 18. Now come, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins were like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they were red like crimson, they shall become like wool. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Please join us next week as we wrap up our discussion on Article 9 of the Augsburg Confession concerning baptism. God bless you and have a great week.